I asked I asked the wife about Liza P. The response okay. was unsatisfactory, I would say, but <laughs> it was a blank stare. No. She just said, Well, I don't think it sounds like something vulgar like you're probably thinking. <laughs> And I was like, well, listen, I explained the context of, like, if I'm at work and I'm telling someone to play this. She said, yeah. well, yeah, it just sounds like a thriller or, like, a. Mm. it doesn't okay. sound like a video game, which I would agree. If the movie yeah. was called Lies of P, that's, right. that's fine. I but agree, like, too. It sounds like a book or a movie. Yeah, and I explained to her that it was Pinocchio, and she's like, well, that, make per- that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Well, I don't know that it makes perfect sense, but it's it's funny that you have to go to somebody like play this game. It's called Lies of P. What? It's about Pinocchio. Uh, Oh, yes. But I guess that's where the Korean thing comes in because that then it does make sense. But I guess, yeah, yeah. So what we're referring to is uh, the part part A of our recording situation here. Uh, We we previously just recorded a typical with Punish Games cast episode, but now. I, th- I feel like it was a good one. That was a good one. I thought that was a good one too. Yeah, we had a lot to like catch up on. They're not all know, equal. And... Sometimes I come to these episodes and like you, you never know what you're gonna get. It's like you know, like a box of chocolates. Like you know, that's and true. Sometimes it's just like you know, I feel like I probably could have just sat that one out. And this one, <laughs> this one, I feel like was packed with content no, was and, good. and interesting discussion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it was good, and and we needed it to be separate from our game of the year episode which i love how big that glass is it is holding up a big beer it's game of the year glass. baby yeah so we're that we're now on the game of the year part of uh the show and we needed to record them separately because you can see in the previous episode it's kind of long uh so this is the whiff punish games cast and it is the end of 2023 so we're gonna do game of the year i'm nick joined by uh aj suave again i don't have a nickname ready <laughs> big stein big beer stein suave. all right yeah that's good there we go uh big stein yeah <laughs> i'm the big stein yes um yeah i mean so now we don't have to really talk about anything that we've been playing recently i don't know if we want to get right into it but i have a typical 10 list i don't know how many you have or what you're planning on doing in terms of a list i was just gonna highlight a few games i know specifically four i want to talk about okay so i can just do it interspersed in between yeah sure i've played a lot of the games on your list too or some of them at least yeah. So I figure the discussion won't be that disinteresting. Right. Um, yeah. So go ahead, kick it off. What's your top 10 looking like? All right. So I want to preface with the only reason this is number 10 is because it's the only game on my list this year I didn't complete, but I really like it. And that is Baldur's Gate 3. I've put a good amount of time into Baldur's Gate 3. Which is also the Game Awards Game of the Year. Also the Reader's yeah. Choice Game of the Year. Also yeah. several other publications Game of the Year. Yeah. Also 
Playboy's game of the year because <laughs> Playboy all, did a game list. Game no, of the year I don't list. know if they did, but I was just saying that because <laughs> they actually like, probably it did. was in the discussion all year because of the sex stuff in the game. Like my wife was even that's asking right. Me, that's right. What, that's what's right. with this game? What's with this game? And I was like, I don't know. People like to have sex with bears. That's like what it is. Well, I can tell you that my my party is a nudist colony. So anytime we're back at camp, everybody is naked. I so mean, it it is a thing. When you're at camp, you want to veg out. Right. I want to be comfortable. I want to yeah. be as comfortable as possible and that means everybody is naked. So, how how do you feel about me asking? Well, too okay. late cuz I'm already asking. Uh-huh. Do you ever just walk around naked in general in my house? In your house. Oh yeah. Are you like an underwear guy or all the way nude? Uh, both? Really? You just be you just be nuts out on the couch sometimes? No, I guess it, that's not that common. No, that's not that common. I have been, I guess, but no, I guess that's not that common. How I'm does that? How does it happen? Underwear. You just are like, you know what? I just feel like being naked. I'm gonna watch. I mean, this episode of this CSI Las Vegas in okay. the nude. <laughs> okay, if you want to put it that way, then no, I never do that. Okay, let's put it that. So way. what's the it never, what's it never the scenario? What's the scenario where you're nude? Well, where, you're like, hang, where you're hanging getting, brain. Getting, getting out of the shower. Well, yes. That period may last longer than normal, I guess, is is what I would say. That's really the only time. It's not like, it's not like so I come the home from work is, and just like No, totally... the answer is no. Then We're not talking about, like, okay. longer than normal, you mean like 10 minutes as opposed to five? Maybe Maybe half an hour. Okay, half an hour. Okay, we're dipping into... Uh, but that's not like watching an episode of CSI. NCIS. <laughs> burn Notice. You know, my favorite... Not watching SV, Law & Order SVU. I love to watch Burn Notice naked. <laughs> naked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's not anything like that. It's... uh. I only watch those shows fully clothed because they're important. <laughs> well, it's like weird because like I don't know if it's a cultural thing or like, you know, in my head I'm like, man, when I get my own house, I'm just going to be naked whenever I want. And like the fact of the matter is I just like don't really care to be naked. Maybe that's well, me. Like even in my I don't, I don't even hang out in my underwear. Like I that's, I'm not no, even I definitely a, do that. I'm not an underwear guy even. Yeah, I definitely do that. I I mostly wear a shirt, mostly to be honest. If I'm being uh, all when the way it's, honest, when it's warm out, I'm shirtless too. I see. I I'm, put I put the AC up, and then like I need a shirt in the, with with as as cold as my air conditioner. It might is. just be because our current house right now like doesn't have super great air conditioning. Like it's good, but I know this summer, even with air conditioning on, I was walking around without a shirt a lot. <laughs> So we, but I've do- also just that's been my default a lot for a long for most time of my life. Yeah, yeah. So, so we ain't doing Baldur's Gate three at home. Let's be clear, that's we aren't all, doing that's Baldur's all, Gate. That's 3. all we're saying. That's Baldur's saying. Gate three camp is not happening all the time at my house. <laughs> no, I did when I did start that game. When I started my solo game, I was playing the whole thing naked, which was really funny to me. Because you can literally just run around that entire game nude. Yeah, the but whole doesn't time. that hurt your like equipment? No, bonuses, you can just you can bonuses? just hide it. Uh, you can okay. just hide it. Okay. So it's still equipped, 
but it's hidden. Got it. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Barstay so, yeah, 3 that's... is the game that I wish I played more of that I haven't. So uh, sa- Same, actually. Well, I, it, I'm it just applies, now getting... It applies harder to me than it applies right. to you. Right. I'm just now getting back into it after finishing some things, and I, like, was playing it yesterday and today, and, like, yeah, it's a great game. It's very open-ended. It's very fun. It's beautiful to look at. Love the characters. Would probably be higher on my list for sure if I finished it, but it's just because I didn't finish it. What can you I say? Like, what you can know. you say about it that's not going to be said on everyone else's game of the year episode? I think I want to know where the story is going. Like I, I really want to know if that's going to pay off because I'm like 30 hours in right now. And I just keep, you know, getting sidetracked by stuff, which is great. 30 hours in of a game that you're anticipating to take a hundred. Like where's what percentage apparently, wise do you think? Apparently I'm speed. Apparently I'm speed running. It. What percentage <laughs> wise do you think you're at? Maybe 40. Okay. Maybe 40%. That's a total guess. I really don't know. But I would say I don't have any clue where the main quest is going. And that's why I'm a little hesitant to be like, uh, am I going to love where it goes? Am I going to love how some of the characters' stories resolve? Like, I don't yeah, know. You're just, you're just uh, hesitant to put your golden stamp of approval on it. And actually, frankly, it's somewhat of a messy game to play. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm playing it on PS5. There's, they released a recent patch that like fixed actually a good bunch of things, but it's still janky. Things don't work exactly how I want them to work. I'm fumbling around constantly. <laughs> like, it just it's a really it's, big game with a lot it's of systems. Tedious for sure. It's it's tedious to play. It's tedious to like pull things off, and so. It's not perfect. But is it pretty amazing? Yeah, it is. Um and I really enjoy playing it, so. So you like like you like specifically the story or you like the combat too or, or I like I like both. I I'm I'm very interested in all the characters. I like all the characters. I'm really like like it's it's finally a chance to play Dungeons and Dragons without playing Dungeons and Dragons, which is cool. Yeah. And so like I love the universe. I love learning about the universe. I read everything I come across pretty much, like all the books and stuff. So I and I love the combat. The combat can be kind of frustrating, but like all the choices you have to like tackle things is so cool. So yeah. Baldur's Gate 3 is a really good game. And I can't wait to see where it goes in like 50 more hours. So do you think you'll play more Baldur's Gate 3 in 2024 than you did in 2023? It's actually possible, right? Like, because I, I had the weird situation where I started a game with Larry and we, we, we played it probably for like 8 or 10 hours. And then we kind of just fell off that, which I knew was going to happen. So I've been working on my solo character. So I've technically played it more than my current save shows. Yeah. Um, but just, you know, timing of things and 
wanting to play other things towards the end of the year, like I probably will have more time in it next year if I had to guess. Yeah. So that's brings me to the first game that I want to talk about. Okay. It was a game that released in 2022, November, I believe. But I played okay. more of it in 2023 than I did in 2022. Completed the game in February. That game is Marvel's Midnight Suns. Oh, wow. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a good uh, segue from Baldur's Gate 3 to Marvel's Midnight Suns. And essentially, I just want to talk about it because I still think it's like an unsung game. Mm. Um, I, I want to be defensive a little bit. I feel like a lot of people, uh, didn't like, um, the relationship builder aspect of the game. Uh, it, it, it kind of has you in a monastery with some Marvel heroes where you're forming relationships amongst the heroes with your, uh, creative character and, building decks with those heroes um which then you take out into combat scenarios mm-hmm. do the combat scenario you come back um you finish the day with exploring the monastery grounds um do whatever card crafting or equipment crafting that you want to do go to sleep start that cycle over again there's training that you can do in there etc so it's a very similar gameplay loop to Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yeah. Which is a game that both Nick and I praise to the hilt. Adore is <laughs> yeah. a, cor- a correct term for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, comparing those two games, because it, it's the best game to compare it to. Yeah. Uh, I feel like. Fire Emblem didn't have that much better, like, relationship conversations. Yeah, yeah. But what that game did have going for it was that there was, like, a central mystery around your title character. That right. Was, that, was, that was pretty interesting. Um... And then the world of Fodlan, Fodlan, Fodlan. I think it's right, Fodlan. In three houses. Three houses. Yeah. Oh Fodlan. boy, I don't remember. <laughs> With the three houses, had like yeah. a whole uh, battle for supremacy and house yeah. politics dynamics and all that stuff that was going on that kind of made like story developments like interesting Mm -hmm. um i would say combat was average and exploring was like terrible (laughs) like running (laughs) around the monastery like it gave you a a sense of okay this is a place i'm at and that's interesting but like doing it over and over and over day after day after day like definitely was like not respectful of my time in three houses you mean in three houses hmm Um, so Midnight Suns, by comparison, Mm -hmm. combat is awesome, I think. Yeah. It's about as good as a card-based, turn-based thing can get. I think it's Mm -hmm. really cool. It's fun to do combos, constantly, 
um, constantly mixing around like what kind of cards work with what kind of character, like all that stuff. It was interesting throughout the entire game, 60 hours of a campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wins in that category. Exploring the monastery was like cool. Um, it, it, it's a cool area to explore. You're like kind of gaining abilities that then unlock areas. So like it has like the Metroidvania thing where you like find an area and you can't get through it. So you got to come back to it. Um, the exploring actually helps your combat because you're finding cards and you're finding, you know, different things to augment your equipment and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so like that part of the game works really well. And then like, there's like a whole dress up, like dress up your Marvel heroes with some of the currencies that you get. So like, that's kind of, that's kind of fun because every time you go out on a, on a mission, you know, you can wear different costumes. I kind of didn't realize that part. I didn't think you could change their appearance. Oh yeah. A ton. There's a, you can buy currency. Like it's part of the, uh. It's part of the add-on. Uh, yeah, sure. So, but there's a ton that you get just playing. Like I didn't spend any extra money. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, like the only thing that's bad is the relationship builder stuff because I think yeah. the story itself, like I wouldn't praise it as like being amazing, but I think it is interesting putting Marvel superheroes into like a cosmic horror setting. Hmm. And so, you know, that's kind of cool. Um, I don't think it's going to sell anyone who, like, doesn't like superhero stuff. Like, it's not yeah. so good that they're going to be like, oh, man, this you need to play this game. But it's certainly competent. Like, it's not bad. I, I would never say it's bad. Yeah. Um, and so, like, all that is, like, a really good... Uh, it's, like, a really good combination. And there's like a lots of little nice nice little touches like with the relationship builder stuff. There's like a team Twitter that like you can that <laughs> yeah. you can go on and like you see them interacting with each other. And like I I like the part that I wanted to be defensive about is that I do think the characters are drawn well and yeah. they interact in ways that make them seem like 3D characters. Mm-hmm. It's not the three houses experience where it's like oh my god i would take a bullet for this person (laughs) and that's why i want them to succeed in combat which Uh is is the success of that game in my opinion right um it's not that at all because people can't die in midnight suns yeah 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 right yeah um so like combat it's not like a it's not like an x xcom is not a good comparison Mm-hmm. Um, because your your campaign is not like a permadeath um, investment right. type of thing. It's more of like an experiment. It's a it's a card. It's a deck builder mm-hmm. where like you play a deck one scenario and it doesn't work. I go back to the uh, I go back to the monastery and I change the whole deck and I get yeah. rid of some stuff and I go out and do better. And right. like it doesn't challenge you the the scenarios I would say are just challenging enough that it's um crunchy but it's it's not challenging to the point of um frustration or 
or I really need to min max this deck. And, and, and that's probably a, uh, like a negative for some people is they probably want more out of the, it, it, it kind of feels like deck whatever, building stuff. What, whatever works almost. Oh, like if, like okay. if you're, if you're competent, if you're somewhat competent at deck building mm-hmm. and you're somewhat competent at the combat scenario on the base difficulty, you will be okay. And mm-hmm. so, so I could, I could see where that's like a, an issue. Right. But like yeah. the way the game works is like, if, if, if you wouldn't be okay, then your characters can't die. So you would essentially be replaying the scenario over and over and over and over yeah. until you until you get it right, and like that wouldn't be fun either. That's not fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, they can be injured, and then they like have so to they wait. take penalties. They have to wait, so like you can't use them on the next. Oh, on the next. Okay. Um, but I think that's more to encourage like using the whole roster of. Right. Of heroes and, and like build decks with all the heroes and see what the combinations are with all the heroes than it is to like punish you for sure. uh like making bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I just think like you know, you take you take like XCOM and you try to make it more accessible or you take Fire Emblem and you make it into a deck builder. And like, yeah. and, and like those kind of things are, are like an interesting concept, I think for a game. And, uh, yeah, I think that game kind of ruled, man. Like, I, I, my, my complaint really is that, uh, I was like on board with the DLC because when I played XCOM, I played like, is it war of the chosen? It was war of the war, chosen. Yeah. Where I got all the content with the. Yeah, the game that I played and it, it enhanced the game so much. Like, absolutely. I ha- as someone who played the, the base one, totally having yeah. the bosses like pop in all the time. Yeah. I, like wrecked my scenarios, but then when I killed them, I had their weapons, and I was like, like it was it was so cool. So I was like, I I played the game at launch, and then they released content at, as I was kind of through the game, mm-hmm. and like it wasn't worth going back and doing the, yeah, <laughs> the scenarios that they had added. And also like the characters they added, like weren't that great. Yeah. So if you would play now with all the expansion characters, I think it'd be cool because you just have that much more variety with who right. you play, which right. could be a bad thing because then you have more characters to invest with, but to like, manage and stuff. Yeah. But I do think variety is where the, where the mm-hmm. game works the best. So I think all those things are good. Um, yeah, I just think, uh, I think that game, I think that game is way better than I've ever seen anyone talk about it or list it or <laughs> any of that stuff. Um, yeah. So, so that's kind of, it's kind of it, it, like as much drivel that passes for like Marvel content and Star Wars content and all that umbrella of, you know, we talked about it in our last part A episode about the content churn. Like as much yeah. junk that comes right. out under these umbrellas. Like I think this weird Cthulhu-based deck-building relationship game is like cool. Like that, that exists even. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's yeah. Not, it's a very, it's a very out of the ordinary like use of the property. That's not a 
like dumb for the masses uh definitely not a cash in no no and like they go all in on the cthulhu horror and you know i don't know i just think i think it's and it's in debt it's like a a deep game like i don't i wouldn't recommend it for people who aren't into uh like some crunchy build your build your campaign type of game so i don't know um Marvel Midnight Suns, you should play it. That's that's my my two cents. That's my two cents. You should play it. I still want to someday, but I'm just still waiting for that, like, perfect price amount. It makes sense. And, and, And then, you know, I'll give it a chance. So, yeah. Um, I'm gonna move on to my number nine. Which feels very sick uh, transition, bruh. Yeah, really good, right? <laughs> we just talked about it in relation to when we're recording, but um, if in case you went from Cocoon. the previous episode to right now, uh, Lies of P is my number nine. <laughs> Lies of P, Lies of P. So, yeah. what can you say about Lies of P that we didn't that's, say in that's the last new. episode? Well, let let me tell you, not a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was worried about. Um, not a lot, other than I I do think it was one of the better games I played this year, and I enjoyed it, and was definitely sucked into it, uh, and wanted to like just, you know, I was like playing that game and only that game. So I can I, I I saved a little bit of ammunition for this episode because Perfect. I'm because nice, I'm nice like that you know <laughs> you're nice like that as okay. as a as a as a cohort on your co- on your podcast yeah um, so let me ask you the thing that I dig about Souls like games that I think is the best part of those games that I think no other developer has managed in any way whatsoever is that the level design is Mm. like a million times better and sometimes it's like hard to explain why it's better yeah um other than like yeah we did i'm gonna i'm gonna do my best to try and describe why i think it's it's the best but right here but help me out help me out if you think you can like it feels like they number one specifically place enemies oftentimes different like modeled and rendered and completely different types of enemies in specific places to make yeah. to make the world feel like like if you go into a swamp it's like poison frogs mm-hmm. in there and then you get out of the water in the swamp and it's like tree people that are on the beach and then you push into the forest and it's like a giant alligator that you're going to fight mm-hmm. so and then if you go away from that area there's you don't see any of those you never people. see those you again. never see yeah. those again so it's like creates this this world that is like you in a unique experience with every step around every corner. Yeah. It's like tense in a way that, Oh my gosh, if I step around this corner, I don't know what I'm going to find. Should I step around this corner? I don't know. It's I'm going to die. Maybe it's like this, this just completely unique feeling. But, but on top of that, the way that the levels like twist in and around each other, like, you will find a shortcut that like you go through the tree and it's this, it's the 
hedgehog level that you explored like 10 hours before the whole level all of a sudden now those two things are connecting and you're like oh my gosh they fit right together like a puzzle piece and i didn't know that i was right next to the swamp the whole time and so like as you play through the game you unlock those doorways all the time and then it creates this like tapestry of i don't know this tapestry of experiences that you've you've gone through and that like fit together in a way that both makes sense and yeah and like exemplifies like why the design is good like the only example i can point to to uh to show that is like when you get to the top of a hill or something and there's like a castle that you already explored and then once you get to the top of the hill like you see this grand vista horizon um um like picturesque view of the castle that you explore and you're like oh man like this whole world works in unison and like right and like the dark souls games are just constant like all that stuff i just said it's just doing that over and over and over and over again punctuated with like these crazy boss fights and like all of that builds and builds on each other where you're just like the the amount of moments that are just like breathtaking or just yeah. stacking up the whole time, you know what I mean? Unfortunately, Liza P doesn't really have that. Okay. <laughs> uh at all? Like did they try really. did they try it? Did they like the shortcut the, thing or... the shortcut thing for sure. So the the shortcut thing definitely exists and I would say Liza P is more of a um hub and spoke type of design, more like Dark Souls 2 and 3 and Demon Souls where the hub of Lies of P is this, like, hotel, and you kind of, like, shoot off in directions from the hotel. Sometimes those things kind of link up together, but generally not really. And they'll have shortcuts within those specific offshoots that are cool, but they're more of a utility than a, like, hey, check it out, this world is... Which very interconnected, which still can be satisfying because then you're yeah it is when you when you push through that point you're like oh, okay I don't, yeah I don't have to fight my th- way through the gauntlet every single yeah. time again yeah it's still like that part is definitely still good and they they do that well the um the thing that you first were talking about where like oh it feels like this area is unique it one hundred percent does not have that. And like that is what I sort of mentioned in the in part A is that yes, there's some enemy variety, but like none of them are specific to a a region, really. Like they kind of just start to build on what enemies are around, and then they just like keep putting them in more of the things that it shows you as you go on. And that's like, like a, they, do they do variants of them or you're saying like so you see one enemy so, and then he just comes back but they yeah, do different so like, varieties of the enemies so the combat yeah. encounter kind and of it becomes... has and it has nothing to do with like the area that you're in at okay. all like so like you said like the poison swamp example like enemies in a poison swamp like maybe don't really make sense in another part of the game like a castle and Liza P is like well we're gonna put those swamp enemies in the castle like we're just gonna do that (laughs) and it doesn't really make any sense kind of and and it made me realize when you were saying that like some of the some of the progression of like 
how things work in that game in terms of locations and enemies and oh, whatnot. Oh, no, I didn't make you think negatively about the game, did I? No, you did I wasn't trying didn't. to devalue the hey, game. This is, your... Hey, it's my number nine. <laughs> okay. So, you know, it's not high on the list. Uh but you made me realize, like, yeah, that's a that's a failing in that game. Actually, is well, like, maybe if it if it didn't try to do that, then I don't know if it's a failing. It I don't know that it necessarily did. It just feels weird. Is okay. is where I was going. Is like so the the that game starts with you're fighting puppets and the puppets went crazy and nobody knows why the puppets went crazy and so you're fighting puppets. And then it starts to get a little cosmic horror-y, and it's like, these are like mutated humans, and we don't really know why they're mutated, but they're mutated in this area of this world. And then you, like, just keep going, and, like, that mutation, for some reason, spreads everywhere. I don't really know why all of a sudden it spreads everywhere, but, like, the way that they start that game is that you're dropped into a situation that happened. Something happened and the machines are crazy. And then that situation progresses in a way that doesn't really make sense. Now that I think about it. I don't really know how it makes that leap to the mutated people and mutated people are everywhere. And it's like spreading at a really fast rate. Like I don't really know how that works because you don't really see a lot of alive humans ever. And so in order for them to mutate, they had to be alive at some point. And when did that happen? Because it looks like everybody's dead. So there's some weirdness there now that we are talking about that. But none of that takes away from it was really fun to play. Like the overall like thing that I would still come back to in that game is that it was great. It has a lot of really good ideas. And... It's worth playing for that alone, pretty much. Is like it overcomes some of that I think strange narrative stuff. I think the length um is uh like a good reason, weirdly. For yeah, you it's shorter. Me it's only twenty to thirty hours. Like when yeah. you when you play a Souls game, you're buying into like most of them are like forty to fifty hours long the first haul, time you, you know play what them. I mean? So yeah. for them to achieve that in the shortened experience, that's more accessible. I think that's totally. I think that's admirable. Yeah, so. totally. Yep. So yeah. give me since I don't have that much. Go ahead, go on with your number eight, and then we'll. Okay. Uh, this is gonna sound really familiar again. It's a uh, Talos Principle Two. <laughs> oh wow! So we talked about it being a waste of time, and I yet, know. and yet, it is here. Yeah, so I I want to like really emphasize that I love being questioned about philosophical things. Like I I like a game that is like have you considered this or have you considered that? And like I think that's really okay, so cool that it like me, puts that within a thing that's keeping you entertained with puzzles. You're throwing me a tennis ball. I'm going to hit that tennis ball back at you, all right? Okay. Um, do you do you think that a game that that poses this kind of question regardless of what the gameplay is 
will pique your interest. And is this game here because more because of that, because of the deep philosophical thoughts that you had playing it, as opposed to the satisfaction of completing the puzzles that were in the game? I think I didn't like really talk too much about how the puzzles worked in in the part A, but um, did it I, did it work A and B? Were both of them that, that good enough that you think? It I was... think yeah, no, I I liked a lot of the puzzles and I liked a lot of the new stuff that they added, and there were plenty of times where I was like, oh, I feel really smart, you know, like we talked about with Cocoon. I think that's like, the satisfaction of playing a puzzle game. That's what you want out of it, right? And and so. Personally, IMO, in my opinion. I shouldn't yeah. say IMO. That sounds lame. In my opinion, that's yeah. the satisfaction of playing a puzzle game. Yeah. And and I think they do a good job relatively. Like, there, there is still this whole time while you're playing those games of thinking, like, why am I doing all these puzzles? Like, I get what they're, I get what they're doing. Like, the conceit of you're doing puzzles because it's a test. But, like... At times, it's like this is like silly, but but in two because there's so many, there's so much more character interaction. Like there's actually characters that you're walking around with and like building relationships with throughout the whole game, and they're all cool. I like them a lot. Where you don't have that in the first game at all. There's there's no characters. There's there's like a god figure. That's it. But in two, you literally have a group. Like, you have a group of characters that are going on this expedition with you while you're doing the puzzles, and they're, like, chatting with you in real time. They're doing, like, streaming where they're showing you, like, what they're seeing. There's, like, a live tweeting social media thing in that game, which is really funny, with, like, these robots that are tweeting at each other and posting on message boards. Um, All of that stuff actually, like, really enhances the game while you're just, like, doing puzzles. And and they'll say, like, holy shit, why are there all of these puzzles? Like, what is the point of these? Oh, you, man. you hanging, the player. They're hanging a lantern on the bad thing. Well, like, not like, not a bad thing, but they're but they're like joking. Like they're it's self awareness. It's like know. what you know, like people are What I'm saying is there's a thing in media where it's like a a direct acknowledgement of we know this could be a sticking point. Yeah. And because we acknowledged it, then therefore you're not allowed to complain a bit about it because we acknowledged it. And like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. supposed to be like in good faith where it's like, mm-hmm. uh, hey, we know, but you love us anyway. But it's also <laughs> like lazy yeah. and mm-hmm. just don't do the bad thing in the first place. Then you don't have to hang a lantern on the bad thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not yep. trying to hate on your game. I'm just, no. Uh, Again, not high on my list, just on the list because of like... But the list is prestigious. Well, so I mentioned in part A, I actually struggled to pick 10 games I liked this year. I played a lot of games and I heard many times like other outlets and personalities and whatever saying like, wow, this is an amazing year for games. And I'm like, is it? I don't... It's good, I guess. I don't know. I... I feel like I only feel really strongly about like three games, you know, so it wasn't hard for me to make a list. It was hard to find 10 games. Yeah. And that's, that's saying a lot, I think. But, um, all of that said, Talos is probably benefiting from recency bias where I literally just finished it like three days ago. And, you know, total package 
I thought it was really cool. I thought a lot of things were really cool about it and can poke a bunch of holes and make fun of aspects about it. But like, it's what consumed me in terms of playing things for like two weeks. So that means something to me is that like, I really wanted to play it. I wanted to see where it went. I liked where it went. I liked, I liked that they were able to put a story into this silly puzzle thing where like in the first game, it's just let's read some philosophical texts and discuss it and think about it. Two is all of that while also weaving a story through it that was done pretty well. So, yeah. Talos Principle 2 is pretty good. What would you say if I told you that Evil West was on my Game of the Year list? (laughs) Wait, we just talked about that. (laughs) I know, it's not on my Game of the Year list. I just... uh, No, it's not, okay. I'm just being silly. And, and, and what I'm doing is like drawing a line from part mm-hmm. A to part mm-hmm. B, you know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. A game that is on my game of the year list, which isn't really a game of the year list, I just want to highlight this game for the sake <laughs> of this episode, is Dorfermanic. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, so... Uh, did that come out this year? I think it did. I, yeah. I, yeah, I think it did. I, it was on my like to watch list. I'm pretty sure it came out like March. Wow, did I do a bad job of? Oh no, okay. I think it came out last year. Did it really? Yeah, I think it did. Yeah. No, no, it was in early access. That's why it came. It hit 1.0 this year. I bet. Let's double check. It's not a huge deal, but I bet it, it's 1.0 Ste- this year. Steam release date is 2022. I don't know whether it's 1.0 or not. Yeah, it's 1.0 this year. Trust me. <laughs> Trusted on that. <laughs> so, uh, was a game that I kept coming back to that I still, like, will occasionally pull up. Really? Yeah, I just don't know. It's hard to describe, like, what I like about it. It doesn't mm-hmm. have the satisfaction of, like, a sieve or, right. like, a, uh, like, I built this thing. It's more just, like, a chill time waster <laughs> yeah it is it is a chill time waster yeah which is like you know we're just that's the theme right now uh-huh and like i'm just looking for low commitment and like the commitment got to be low and the satisfaction got to be high and that's where i'm trying that's where i'm trying to uh yeah that's where i'm trying to and like i don't even know the satisfaction is that high with um Dorfmanic, like I almost wish it was a little higher. Like the thing that you built, you could be proud of. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. It's just like a it, it's like a a weird itch that it scratches with the hexagonal tiles. Yeah, where you're trying to place the each tile that comes up, you want to place it perfectly. And yeah. I've like found that the way to do the best score at least in my opinion and what i've discovered so far is like to try and get a perfect placement every single time which means that like all the sides match Mm -hmm. and so you have to be like really strategic about how you build and about how every tile that you place has a has a tile that you can place after it you know what i mean like you don't want to cut any of your things off and, and and you're trying to meet objectives where like there's a weird there's a weird balance between like okay I want to meet this objective 
um, to get the bonus tile points for it. Yeah. I also want to keep objectives going so that when a larger objective comes up, then I can meet that objective too. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, if you just keep building the same objective the whole time, then you like eventually hit a point where like you don't have moves to make. So you have to like kind of keep a lot of plates spinning like in order to score well. Mm -hmm. And it's like a, it's like really hard to find the balance of, okay, make this group of trees end it, like make it a, a full group of trees instead of just building more and more and more and more trees. And so like, that's kind of cool. And for like a long time, you know, it gave me like every time you meet objectives, it gives you new tiles. Yeah. Right. And so, and so that's satisfying to see your boards, like your tile boards, like kind of change. Mm hmm. Um, you know, now it has an Asian theme and now it has a snow theme and like all that kind of stuff. And so like, it just kept me playing. Like, that's really, you know, all I can say about it is that it kept me playing. I bought it for my wife on the switch. And that's what I played was the switch version. And, uh, the switch version like wasn't as fun, like mouse and keyboard rotating thing and like being able to kind of like look at information with the mouse. Yeah. How I prefer to play, but you know, it was still, still gets the point across still gets the point across. And like, I think it scratches like the board game on the video game. Mm. Mm-hmm. Itch, itch a little bit. Yeah. It's actually a lot like Carcassonne. Yeah. In, in a lot of ways, but, yeah. but you're playing by yourself. But you're playing by yourself, yep. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't have a ton to say, but I don't. I don't think it's like that deep of a game, really. That was sort of why I didn't spend a ton of time with it. Yeah, yeah, and I could totally see why you would like. Well, I'd rather play Frostpunk. I'd rather play, or or something like. Even though it's not even remotely similar, Slay the Spire, <laughs> like on on my Switch. Like if I'm if I'm going to something that's um I just want to pick up and not really think super hard, even though I should be, it's slay the spire. You know, yeah. like that's the that's the go to have to kill a little bit of time game for me. So let me ask you this, because this is what the thing that was good about Dorfmanic. If you didn't pick up Slay the Spire for eight months could your last game at Slay the Spire be as good as the after the eight month period that you picked up? Like, <laughs> no, probably so, not. Like, do you no, have to like get not. in the groove of playing that a little bit? A little bit, yeah. Because yeah. I feel like Dorfmanic weirdly, like it. You doesn't, never have to get in a groove. You never have to get in a groove, and like it's all random. That's not yeah. to say that you don't get in a groove while you're playing it, because you do. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like once you know how to play, that's the hurdle. Yeah. And then like, you know, you just you just don't have to like I don't know. I think that's a good point. It's it's like why people do crosswords and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like you know fundamentally what the rules are. What's going on. And now just do it, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so it went one pint out of this year, I swear. Good game. Yeah, I'm not sure, but it, it, yeah, it's neat. I'm going to Google it right now. 
Okay. When did Dorf Romanic go 1.0? <laughs> I didn't even know if it was potentially early access, but I guess it's possible. Because I also played it for the first time this year. I specifically remember playing it on the flight to L.A. that we went on early in Jan- uh, February, I think. Oh, my gosh. It says version 1.0 out now, April 2022. Why was oh, it- shit. Why Maybe. Was a- I don't know. But I think you're right. That I mean, you played it this year anyway. Yeah. Because I did, too. Uh, based on you playing it pretty much so so that's what i got go ahead keep going all right so um i got a the next one is a switch game that i played on specifically on switch but it is on pc and other platforms i'm pretty sure and that is dredge Ooh, i've been curious to hear about this because it's a game that i'd like to play yeah i don't know i thought we talked about it on episode we talked about. I think we did. I want to play this. Yeah, um, I I know I play. I I had started playing it um, earlier this year at some point, and and actually I played it a bunch on our trip to Scandinavia because those were long flights, and it kind of felt appropriate to play a weird fishing game on the way to Scandinavia, on the way yeah, to makes, and back from Scandinavia. Um, I finished it after we got back. Because I was like so close to finishing the story or quote story and and just wanted to see like what an ending was for that game. And it was very weird and I kinda like that. And there's alter there's an alternate ending that I just looked up because I honestly would have never figured it out just playing the game. And that was cool too. And Dredge was just like it was just a really unique experience that I enjoyed quite a bit that I never played anything like it before where let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Okay. Was it one of those games that while you played the game, you were like, God dang, this is why I play video games. Sort of. Yeah. Cause because it, it does the like thing that video games do, which is explore the the fundamental i have a space and i am moving around in it yes. and finding things in it yes. like that that is you can only do that in video games and i think dredge was a cool way to do that because you're just this little fishing boat ex- moving around this gigantic terrifying space that is the open ocean and i think it starts out really appealingly because it's it's based on this like cosmic horror type setting where you get these little tastes of something weird is going on in this world and I have to explore this giant ocean and the ocean is terrifying because we don't know that much about it really even in real life and So, like, having to cross that water, like, literally pushing yourself across open water in that game is, like, kind of scary. And you don't really know why it's scary because the fail state in that game isn't that bad. Like, it's not that big of a deal. It's not, 
it's not like in a survival horror thing where you have to like redo the thing and the scare is gone and now you're just dealing with the frustrations of like a video game dredge is more like i don't really ever know exactly what this is gonna throw at me yeah and i think that's really cool and it takes a long time for you to feel relatively comfortable with the fact that spoilers it doesn't really throw anything that crazy at you but it does a great job of building an atmosphere of thinking it will and i think that's really neat and i just liked i just liked doing all the stuff in that game i did i did a lot of it i didn't find every fish i didn't you know see absolutely everything you could possibly see but i saw a lot of it and i did a lot of the side quests and it was just like, I think I said when we first talked about it, it's like a chill game that isn't chill at all. Yeah. Like you can't... So a chill game that's stressful? Yeah. Like you can't really just coast and not do much unless you don't give a shit about making progress. But but there is something relaxing about how you kind of are just driving a boat around and fishing for fish, you know? That is the fundamental game is like you're just fishing in multiple ways. Like there's different ways to fish, but you get like you get abilities that are weird shit. Like one of my favorite ones is um towards like not necessarily towards the quote end, but later in the game, you get one where you can go up to a group of fish and just blow them all up and then collect them all at once instead of like doing the mini game of collecting them. And it's kind of, it's kind of fun just to like roll up to a school of fish and literally drop a fucking bomb on them, <laughs> like, and then you just collect all of them at once, like, so you get like some fun goofy abilities like that. Um, that it was just like it was just like a good progression through the whole thing. It like you got it was rewarding to get new parts for your ship and like change out your parts and research the parts and just straight up explore the world and find things, you know. So I I think Dredge is really cool. And I definitely recommend it. it. Yeah. So one other game I wanted to highlight this year. Monster Hunter World Iceborne. Just okay. kidding. Just kidding. Okay. I just wanted. I just. <laughs> I was like, really? I just wanted to see Nick squirm a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, really? Are we going to talk about? Like, we're going to talk Hunter? about this again? No. Again? The, I got three more games, and they're all on your list, so you can just run through them, and then I'll. Uh, all of I'll, them are. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I, maybe I, two it. of them. are. That's it for no. I think all of them are. I oh, know all of them. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay. three, I got Go three more that that are uh, they're gonna be on your list. So we'll just hit them when you when you hit them on your. On All right, your so list. I should keep going. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, guess what? One of those is the next one, number six, cocoon. Cocoon, 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 cocoon. Yes. Cocoon. I don't cocoon. know what to say about cocoon that we didn't say in the last episode. Me neither. Listen to part A. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Let's leave it at that. Yeah, no. Cocoon's really good. I yeah, I don't like, let, have a lot. Let's else keep to this say. from being like three hours, and let's yeah. just let's just leave it at that. Um, 
Yes. The best bug puzzle game ever. Yeah, sure. I'm I'll I'll stand behind that. And and I'll say this too, the best if the if that game dev wanted to create a career out of making animations yeah doors opening and yeah. bridges coming out mm-hmm. they should do that because because it would be good yeah that game's basically worth playing for the animation alone yeah yeah heck yeah let's do it yeah yeah um all right so let's move on mm-hmm. number five so i just i just said i was gonna say it's bring it up and then we just did nothing with that one but that's all right keep going well, I mean, I thought I thought we were serious about like we literally just talked no, about it. No, I agree. Else? I am serious about it. Okay. I'm just making a joke of my own. Uh... Now 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 the jokes are getting like too meta. Um number 5 is Resident Evil 4 remake. RE4 remake. Let's go. We talked about it a little bit in the last episode when we talked about uh Dead Space but and we said RE4 compared to Dead Space was just more fun. Yes. But why was this on your list? Is that the only reason it's on your list as opposed to... Because this is pretty high on your list. If you're, it if is you're high saying, on my list. If you're saying the, the only so, reason. So if you... Well, you got to think about it in context, like I said earlier, about games released in 2023. And, and you'll see... It'll be funny with the one that comes after this. But the fact that a remake of something is on my top 10... Uh, I love Resident Evil 4. Resident Evil 4 is the reason I am interested in Resident Evil. I never yeah, liked yeah. the original ones. Like, playing Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3, I was like, these are fucking stupid. I hate this. I hate this experience. And Resident Evil 4 was like, oh shit, this can be cool. Yeah. Resident Evil 4 is the reason third-person shooters are what they are. Yeah. It's so important. And so... And Resident Evil 4 Remake does an is, excellent job just, yeah. of reminding you yeah. by keeping the clunky yeah. over-the-shoulder <laughs> yeah. controls of the original Resident Evil 4 of why this formula works. Like, yeah. it, it does not it does not upgrade to the point where it feels like a modern... Yeah, like, like can you imagine... Can you imagine if they just gave you a dodge in the remake? Like, they chose not to give you a dodge. And it, and it still works. It and still it still works. works. It yeah. still works. Instead, they gave you a parry. And the parry is awesome. Yeah. Like, that That was, like, a cool thing to add that I never would have expected because it's so stupid. Mm-hmm. It's so stupid to think about Leon just being like, no, I'm swatting that axe out of the air. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm, I'm a, swatting this I'm a dynamite. Shoot you, I'm going to shoot you once in the face, then I'll roundhouse kick your head off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's so dumb. And, and like, that's why it's fun where, like, nothing was fun in Dead Space Remake. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing was fun. But so many things in Resident Evil 4 are fun. Like... Oh. I feel like I feel like they made the boss battles worse though. For some reason, yeah, for they did. Reason they, they did. did. The I boss agree. battles are like not good anymore. No, they aren't good. They they messed they were, up. They Salazar were like the and, they were the yeah. highlights of Resident Evil Four. 
Yeah. And they're like old boss battles in the remake where they're it like... It felt weird, yeah. All, all, every single one of them is like a clunky mess where it's like cool to watch, but it's like not fun to play. Yeah, the Salazar one was so disappointing and frustrating and stupid. Yeah, I mean, that's true. You're you're right. But I like don't think about those parts at all with I, the remake. I, I think about them with the original, which is why... Yeah. When it comes to the remake, I'm like a little bit disappointed with how it turned out. Yeah. Um, I feel like on the whole, like the the whole experience top to bottom was better mm-hmm. and and cool. And bro, that freaking spoilers, that freaking jet ski ride out of the exploding cave <laughs> at the end is so good. Oh my gosh. It's it was so good. good. It's so good. It was good. And then play me that stupid freaking song at the end of the game. Like, this is fantastic. It's fan. This was this is why I play video games, right? Right there. Like for for that yeah. dumb for that dumb cheese. Yeah. That's why they call me the cheese. It's because I want the cheese. <laughs> it's because so that's you want that cheese. Yeah. 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 But you know they they missed a little bit, I think. But you know a little bit. But, like, a little bit. Are they going to make RE5? Are they going to remake RE5? Well, no, it sounds like maybe Code Veronica is the next thing, which I never played Code Veronica. Oh, buddy. Yeah, do them all. Do zero. Do one. (laughs) Let's let's get another take on six. (laughs) No, six is flawless, dude. Six is flawless. (laughs) Now, wait, you want want, uh, all the content you can play? play resident evil 6 there's 35 hours there's 30 <laughs> plus hours of resident evil content yeah yeah no i you know i had a i think i had a better experience with four than you i guess but like i just loved every second of that i think it, that, i think it comes down to my expectations i, I think in terms yeah. of the game uh like i really really appreciate the the upgrade and economy system i feel like it's so improved and the new one where I, I was like searching for treasure, upgrading my guns, and adding in the modern on, uh, like, using. I was using every gun in my yeah m- my kit the entire time. It's so good. Like as yeah. an action game, I, I frankly cannot believe I cannot believe how well it played as an action game. While sticking to like this feels like a crap survival horror uh-huh. experience. Uh-huh. Like guess it, it, I they can't have walked that line any any better. They, guess they really, what I wasn't doing in Resident Evil Four? Buying uh, ammo. <laughs> Were you crafting it? I did powder? craft it. I did have to craft it. I did have to craft it. That's true. But did you bunny did you bunny med sprays? No, I don't think I did. I re- I really don't remember doing that actually. And and you know the remake included, you know, the map of modern Resident Evil and remakes. I think, and I think like, part of the part of the draw, part of the like why it's successful is like I feel like Capcom has found the balance of um item like hunt, item hunt. Yeah economy upgrade system into their games for like you know because resident evil 8 was 
was like perfectly tuned in terms of right. like how to upgrade. Two your was also the the remake two. of two and three. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. remake so of like, three was also really well tuned. It, it makes me excited for whatever the next game is, Resident Evil Nine or Code Veronica again, whatever the heck it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. That like I think they got the they're like they're on the they're on the line for the formula of like what's fun and what needs to be work kind yeah. of do you know what i mean yeah so it's exciting yeah. and play me another jet ski song of the end boy <laughs> <laughs> just revisit that song again oh, oh man dude you just you just you you blew up i wish it had a, a counter for how many heads you exploded and vines came out of them with like a tangly eye i wish it i wish it had weird stats like that too actually and that would be it's really just the funny. most gruesome horrifying night of your life of your life uh-huh. and you you shoot out of this cave with the president's daughter on your back and the the song is just like the moments of life could be so sweet if you just taste them <laughs> <laughs> and remember all the things are good these are the lyrics of that song <laughs> it's like, too it's like what <laughs> i literally just murdered people for my life for 18 hours straight and you're gonna tell me life is good like, yeah the no. body count and that is so ridiculous no. you just totally murder enti- an entire I watched, like, small village i watched legs sprout out of a man's head and it, the head crawled away from the body and you're gonna tell me life is good right now yeah get out of here yeah <laughs> fantastic and it worked i think it worked it's good <laughs> it did work you, you know what didn't have a good f- song at the end of it the dead space dead too. space remake it, it, it did not have a good it, did, song. it didn't have anything I don't, I don't even remember what the song at the end was That's me neither the, uh, it was probably I, just some ambient I, track that was like let's reflect on this terrible situation no it's, pro- that it's just probably happened. like it's like burr, burr, burr. yes, that's what I mean. Something, like all, these, something. all these horror tones. Yeah, yeah, yep. This was serious. <laughs> this was serious. Did you did you do you walk away from this feeling really bad about humanity <laughs> <laughs> and religion? Yeah, and religion. Yeah, actually, that's it's very anti-religion. <laughs> uh, man. You know what isn't anti-religion though, and was an amazing game this year that nobody talks about? Street Fighter Six, Metroid Prime Remake. <laughs> oh man, I, dude, I suck. And next time you see me, punch me in the face for not playing this this year. <laughs> All right, sounds say, good. <laughs> that was for Metroid. Yeah, <laughs> it well, it technically wasn't a remake; it was a remaster or whatever. But uh, yeah, that was amazing. I bought that, it. I that was an it. amazing I, thing. I bought it twice this year. <laughs> I bought the physical version and the digital version. Heck yeah. Um, I fucking love Metroid to death. Uh, and Prime is why I like Metroid. And the fact that they reissued it on Switch was amazing. And it looked amazing. And it played amazing still. And it was so number fun. Five? Number five? That's number four. I guess I didn't say the number, huh? Um I really want them to do two and three so I can have them on a modern platform. How how banging is the soundtrack scale one to ten? So banging. It's an eleven. <laughs> it's so good. That soundtrack how, is still how so banging good. is the soundtrack so banging. <laughs> yeah, it's so banging. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like revisiting it, I had listened to that soundtrack outside of the game throughout my life 
after the GameCube version. So like, did they remaster it though? It's like, is it better? Or is it the same thing? I didn't notice any quality upgrades. You know, would you I, would you notice? Is that something you would notice? I don't know if I don't generally? know if that's something I would notice. It, it when it comes to like stuff like that, I, I don't think I would be able to tell. Um, unless it clearly sounded like compressed and shitty, I guess in the original one, but I didn't do a, a comparison. But yeah, it's all good. I'm just asking. Re revisiting basically every aspect of that game because I almost a hundred percented it again. What are your What are your favorite moments? Um. Spoilers, ding ding. That's the that's the alert for spoilers. Spo- spoiler for Metroid Prime. I I don't. Yeah, like what would be a moment that you could spoil in that game? I mean, getting um. Ooh, it's hard to pick, cause like getting all of the critical upgrades, which is most of them, just about every single time is exciting because it's like, I can't wait to go back and do the thing that I yeah, know that is I there and like see last time and see what's there. Yeah. Even, even though in reality, it's like a missile upgrade <laughs> or something like not that good. I can carry five more missiles now. I can carry five more missiles, <laughs> you know, which felt important when you first played that game because like fighting prime was kind of annoying originally where like it felt like you needed a bunch of missiles and also like doing the special beam attacks that require like just draining all of your missiles, which is why you should get a bunch of them. Um, but I would say like one of the best moments always and forever has been when you first go to Fendrana drifts. And that's one of the best songs on the soundtrack the snow level. Snow that's level. the snow level. See, and, I even knew that. And I, <laughs> yeah, and it's like, it. that's the snow level. And it's like, Oh man, this is like so calm and it's so peaceful and then it and then, like and then the then space it, pirates come and then it ramps up and it and it turns out Fendrana Drifts is like this is like one of the space pirates like actual bases and you're seeing them you know experiment on the metroids and that's where the metroids get introduced into prime and like it's just so fucking good that game is so good that's where they do like more of the horror type stuff where it gets dark and if that's I was going to that's going to thermal take a game. visor if I was gonna take a game from me, if you're gonna if you're gonna bring a game to an island, you can only have one. Are you taking Dread or are you taking Prime? Mm. Dread is too sweaty, so probably Prime. Isn't sweaty good though? Sweaty is good, but for replayability. Well, replayability. I think the the thing that's good about Prime is that it has not sweaty moments. Yeah, like but... it had. Okay, it has okay. a bunch of not sweaty times. And the soundtrack's awesome. Dread, Dread. I don't think I can really point to music. Yeah, I don't remember the music. Yeah. Um, Dread is awesome, obviously. But And actually, I should replay Dread. But uh, I'd probably have to pick Prime. I mean, there's like a nostalgia part of Prime still, too. But I think that's what's amazing. And that's why it's like one of my favorite games this year. Like, bias aside. Obviously, yeah, I'm biased. Up. But um, to me, it was like, okay, I have such fond memories of this game and series, the Prime series specifically, and I haven't played them in 
like 20 years, right? Like it's been a really long time and I still fucking adored playing it. And that was like kind of the same logic of Resident Evil 4 of like, I haven't played this game in forever. Is it actually going to hold up? And yeah, it did. Two of your so. top five are remakes. Nostalgic, nostalgic cases. The, yeah. The one also one of them is a uh, one of them is a, is a Street Fighter game, which like that's the same game every time it comes out. That's true. Yeah. And then, how do you know Street Fighters on my list? I know. I know the rest of your list. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably not that hard to guess. It's gonna be. Let me guess. Let me let me guess right now. It's gonna be Street Fighter. Then it's gonna be Zelda. Then it's gonna be Armored Core. Wow, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> and we listen. We didn't talk about this prior. Just so everyone. No, knows. we didn't. No, we did not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the next one is uh, is Street Fighter Six, number three. Woo woo. <laughs> I was gonna say you want to. The whistles go woo. Yeah, I don't know. So uh, Street Fighter Six, I would just really good. I would just say like, if I could say anything about Street Fighter Six, I'm just happy that it delivered. Yeah, me too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like Street Fighter Five was a a watershed moment in my life. Not maybe not not gaming, but But like personally, yeah, that was Mm -hmm. like that was like oh man, I like fighting games. Street Fighter. Five. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, I had decided I liked them before that. Like, I think Tekken Seven was the game me and you s- that started us on. I think journey. we played that first. Yeah, but Street Fighter Five was like, I want to get online. Yeah, and I want to see how well I can, I can, and like at the time, it it was not very highly. No, people did not like it when we were playing that. And like we cut, we kind of like jumped in like right when they started turning it around mm-hmm. like right when they started kind of adding like content and all uh, cleaning up the the alternate modes and like all those things and so i would say like with street fighter 6 it was just nice to see it get released and like no one have anything bad to say yeah and literally no one did have anything bad to say about it mm-hmm like it got it's I think it's the highest reviewed fighting game in like the last ten years. Like really? on yeah, like on Metacritic or Open Critic or any of those like conglomerate uh Yeah. You know, review sites. Yeah. So that's sweet. Ironically, I think post release they've slacked. Yeah. And like they have. end of the year, I'm like kind of disappointed in Street Fighter 6 regardless of it being the game I put by far and away the most time into. Yeah. I and also like, have put it the most time into it this year for sure. I don't know if it's like uh I'm used to season 3 Street Fighter cuz that's would have been that would have been when I like jumped into Street Fighter 5. Mhm. So it's like a weird I'm like at a weird, I don't know what to expect kind of thing with Capcom fighting games. Because the only yeah. other one I would have experienced was Marvel Infinite, and that was DOA. <laughs> like literally, yeah, that's, they, a game, that's a video game that they I released it. Existed. They released it, and we're like, "Here's our season, and we can't work with Disney, so yeah. they didn't even patch it." Yeah, but like you know, 
fighting games in 2023, 2022, you know, it's an online game. And the way they release is like they release a game, then they put all kind of content out for the game over the course of a year. There's a pro scene that drives you as the player of the game to watch the people do cool stuff with the fighting game. And then as they release stuff, you're like kind of incentivized to check back in with yeah. the game because you're like, I want to try that cool stuff and I want to check out the new stuff that they released with the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like with Street Fighter Six, like A, like 90% of the f- pro scene has been online, which is like mm-hmm. not that fun to watch because you're not no. watching anybody. Right. And then they ha- they decided not to patch it, which I think is good. Yeah. Because, like, you know, patch culture is its own discussion. I feel like when people know there's going to be a patch, and instead of finding solutions to how to beat specific things, they just say, well, okay, well, just wait till this thing gets nerfed. They don't have to deal with it anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a lazy approach. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, let's say they patched after three months and you don't like how Chun-Li plays now. Then everyone just complains about Chun-Li for three months and they patch it again. And now everyone's complaining about Dalsim. Like, it, like it doesn't make a difference to me if everyone complains about Ken for six months as opposed to complaining about Chun-Li and then complaining about Dalsim. We're all still playing the game. Like, who cares who we're complaining about? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I don't mind that as much, but, like, if they haven't changed anything, there's, like, no reason to check back in. Right. Like, they didn't create a new combo that I can do, and they also have only added two characters since launch. So, it just kind of creates this weird, there's no reason for me to keep coming back to the game. Yeah. And, and like, that's, I mean, in one way, like, they... The launch, they were so confident in the launch that it's good. Like, I'm happy that it was strong enough that they could, you know, they could rely on that. Right. But also, like, come on. And then the other thing is, like, you know, they had, like, three open betas. Yeah. So if you're you're watching content for this game, like, the open betas started, like, a year before the game started. Mm-hmm. The game launched. So, like, we've been saying the same Street Fighter stuff for, like, you know, the game launched in June. We've been seeing it since last August. Yeah. Right. So, it just feels like they should have been a little bit... for More forward-thinking a little bit, yeah. Yeah, with, like, what they were going to do. Like, you know, they yeah. could have put... They could have put, like, a survival mode or, like, just give me something. Okay, yeah. More I, costumes or something. Yep. They just mm-hmm. added costumes in, the in like, uh, Only, beginning, like, recently, yeah. Maybe end of November, beginning of December. And, like, I feel like even just with seeing new costumes on characters, it's already, like, oh, my gosh, this is, like, kind of a big difference. And, like, yeah. that's not a difference at all. No. Like, it's, like, a, it's almost like a brain. Like, your brain is... Yeah, is like telling me that it's different, even though it's not different. So I just, I just, not to be negative, because I think the game rules. Well, we talked about a, a lot already. I think this year, yeah, yeah. I think the game rules, and like, yeah, I don't know. I just would have liked to see them have a little bit more of a game plan, kind Absolutely. of in place. Absolutely, 
And, I uh, uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> and I have comments about that. Do you? Um, what are they? So I think that the Avatar stuff is a mistake. I think it's a huge, huge mistake that most of their support for that game in terms of like things to check back in on it is the Avatar stuff. I don't fucking care about my Avatar. So I I think I agree with you. I don't care either. Mm -hmm. I want to see the metrics on who is checking back in. And who they're trying to, yeah, uh, kind of encourage to check back in, yeah, and like maybe it's like a season one. We're trying to catch the new players, and season two we're gonna go after the longevity players. Like I don't maybe. know what the I don't know what the marketing strategy is. Yeah, um, because they're they have done a ton of like Avatar stuff, and I do think like. It's a lot of fun going to Battle Hub and seeing it everybody is. with the crazy avatars. Like I don't think that's worthless. Um, I'm not saying it's worthless. Time and effort. Yeah, I'm not saying it's worthless. They that doesn't need to be the content strategy all the time. Yeah. Is like is is the problem. Like you get I know people don't feel this way, but you put things that are valuable in the battle pass, I will pay for it. Like or or something. Like you put character costumes in there, I'm I'm yeah. in. I'm yeah. I'm grinding it, I'm getting it because the thing that I loved in 5 despite all of all of our fight arguments money. about fight it money. and whatever was fight money, like that was so smart to do that. Because a lot of my time with Five was not just online; it was survival mode. I played survival mode a lot, and I did character trials, and I did all of these things to like get fight money. I like leveled up characters to get fight money because I could spend that fight money to get weird costumes. Like they so, would do, they would do those extra battles. Or so whatever. the thing that's that's interesting, and I think part of this conversation is we're talking like season three and four Street right. Fighter. It's when later there was already the yeah. a lot of content in the game when yeah. they can just put it back into this. Hey, earn this currency, and then yeah. you you do the loot box mode, pay the currency for the loot box, and you can get the old stuff that we already put in it. Yeah. And so, like, I agree. I mean, yeah. I I would like to see that too. And I I don't love every new release is like, hey, you can get new avatar costumes. It's like cool. I don't, I don't even care. like. I literally don't even look at it. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, it's that like all of the battle passes. I'm just like, I'm not even looking at them. You know, I just I just don't care. The and I'm somebody that likes cosmetic stuff. The but... thing that's interesting is that like you are saying that and like I think you yourself would call yourself like a casual like you're you're tuned in enough to Street Fighter to like watch some of the Yeah the Pro Tour, but like you're like you're not grinding all the time. No. And like I think from the hardcores there's like saying the same thing about mm. like 
like your the sentiment that you're saying is echoed throughout the community of like why are we getting all this like why are we getting all this avatar content we know this is not stuff that we need yeah it's like it's nice it's fun but like yeah. i just i want to know what i want to know is like time resource like in terms of capcom like are they spending money and or is it just like this is really easy to do yeah. And we can make money off it, so let's do this. I mean, I gotta wonder, like, who... Is it really that valuable? Like, I, the, it's only been six months. They're charging, like, so much money. Like, one costume's like $15. I can't imagine. If they sell one thing, they're making... And the actual character costumes are, like, $5, aren't they? Like, the um, ones that they just released. Yeah, so it's weird. You gotta buy currency... Well, to yeah. buy the costumes, they, it works out to be like six bucks per per mm-hmm. costume. Yeah, so but like so, Street Fighter was like Street Fighter Six was one of the top selling games of the last month because mm-hmm. in Japan they've been having VTuber like tournaments where a pro player teams up with a VTuber and then they have a tournament. Mm-hmm. And I just i I think. They're after the casual audience. Yeah. And, like, the they they think that the casual audience doesn't care about more characters. They want, like, stuff to build into hmm. their avatar. And, like, I just... I don't agree with that's what they should put in the game. I just yeah. don't know what the metrics are of, like, what's successful and what's not. I hope... I hope that it's unsuccessful because I want to see them dump all that time and money right. into making new content that we can play. Right. The but thing like, that the thing that drives me so crazy I is I feel like modern games people want a Fortnite and that's where they're like putting their Well, okay, hey, so you got new dances now. You got new emotes. You got new like that's what they're doing with it. There's a way to bridge this gap that I would love and it's what Tekken 7 did and Tekken you That's could you... get all that weird shit I don't I don't like that you though. don't want that I know you don't want that but I would love that I think it's that in... would be the perfect marriage of this it's shit it's in Tekken 8 by the way more, yeah, that's great. A, a, a higher, like already at launch, Tekken Eight has more creative character options for all the roster fighters than. That's great, because than, uh, if you're if you're able to do like they have the I code just think, base, I just already, think it. You know, I just think like, it makes it harder to fight. Like if Ryu has a giant fish depends. on his head, it depends. I think it's harder to fight him than it is when. I agree. It depends, and I know that's your concern, but like. If also, you're gonna like, have you know, all the shit anyway, take, like why I not? I want to take that? him serious. Like I'm, uh, I don't care about that. That doesn't yeah. mean shit to me. I don't give a shit about that. No. Um, and and actually, I had this experience the other day when I was playing. I I I want to say the Blanca Chan costume is is bad. Like because it looks weird. Like so, when I was uh, playing against that, I was like, I can't tell where things are gonna be. Because now he's like this. He's thicker like, than he used to he's be. He's thicker, but he's also like, it's it was weird. I had the experience that you're worried about. So two so. things. Number one, there was worse costumes in Street Fighter Five. Yeah, 
the Monster uh, Hunter ones. Uh, our Mika had Monster Hunter, and that was like all crazy. Yeah. Street Fighter Six, they've added the ability to set your own costumes for the people that you're playing against, which totally solves all of that. Yeah. Right. So like that's yeah. that's where they should there should be this gap of we have all of these avatar pieces. The fact that we have the code base there to put whatever we want on whatever character model that's scalable means you should be able to do that on all of the set characters, too. But there's, there's like some, no reason to not do that. There's some argument, I guess, maybe to be said about like if you can put whatever you want on every character, then how do they sell costumes? Oh, because they still because you can't get those pieces other than buying the costume. It's that simple. I think. I don't know. I I that would be the only way to do it is you can make your character look like whatever you want. But I would if they're say they're going to do costumes then you can only get that costume by buying the costume, you know. I would say they probably want like you to take them serious but then they put Ryu in like a Ghost of Goblins combo. Exactly, co- like co- costume, anyways. And yeah, they still did the dumb bullshit. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. yeah. So they're they're doing this thing that's like it's it's like thirty percent the way there of like okay, you have this avatar character. It can be crazy, stupid shapes, and you can put whatever you want on it. But like, just let us do that with our characters, and we could not even do that online. Like it doesn't the yeah, people fighting you casual doesn't mode have only to see or that. whatever. Yeah. Like they don't have to see that if they don't want to, you know, it's, it's something that you could easily just toggle. People already do it with modded costumes Anyways. on PC anyway. So yeah. like, you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> so what is that your game number three i feel like we didn't say anything my, nice about it it's my game number three street fighter <laughs> six is a great game well we talked about it a lot when it came out and we gave it we gave it its accolades and it's a, the, it is a great game who's the next character you're gonna play uh i want to i kind of want to see what season two is because like i'm not really akuma i want to see what akuma is we play you're gonna play a show i don't think me. i'll play you're i don't think play i'll play akuma no that's what i mean i'm not gonna play him and I don't give a shit about Ed. I think Ed is the lamest character. Like, I think so Street Fighter I, V, Ed was lame, but I think it'd be cool. And I don't know. We'll see. But I, I want to see not, what the next there's season There's not is. one not cool character so far. I, I would, I mean, I would say I'm not excited about Ed because yes, I didn't think he was that interesting in Five, and also in terms of a design of a character boring like how he looks you know i want like weird shit like g and stuff like i want more weird characters i guess um who do you want to see in season two besides urian I want Yuri and I want Marissa with a fireball, basically. Did you, did you see um they gave did you see the alternate costumes, all the alternate costumes for the modern roster? They essentially I saw some of them. They essentially gave uh what's the what's the new character with the spray cans? Kimberly. Oh yeah, Kimberly. she looked like um They gave her a jury costume. It's, or not jury, uh Wait, not jury. I just cause I saw it and I was like, oh shit. Uh 
Oh my god, Ibuki. I can't remember. Ibuki, Ibuki. They gave Ibuki. her an Ibuki. Yeah, they costume. gave her an Ibuki costume, and then yeah, and I was like, wait, is she kind of like, like Ibuki? Well, she is. She is Bushin Ryu. She's the same karate style. Yeah. But like, I was like, oh man, are they not gonna? Are they not going to do a Buki? A Buki in the game? Because that would be that would be I would like a Buki to be in the game. I yeah. feel like I feel like with the amount of stuff they gave characters in Street Fighter Six, a Buki is like easy. Mm-hmm. Like the you know three three level supers, you know all the like all the stuff they pile on in terms of mechanics of characters. I feel like a Buki with their shuriken and with their bomb setups and like yeah. They could just give all of it to her. Yeah, I but would like to easy. see. Um, I would actually like to see. Um, oh my god, what's his name? The guy with the cat claws and the mask. Cat claws and the mask. Uh, Vega. Vega. <laughs> I would. I would kind of like to see a character that can do crazy, like full like screen wall shit. jumps. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I want to see either Makoto or Dudley because they weren't done in five. I think I I think that's interesting. Yeah. I would like to see twelve, who was the random select character in five, and who's in Third Strike. He's like the weird uh, animation. Like right. I feel like they could go all out with him. It would be kind of cool. Is there... So then they could bring back another... There could be another, like, big character that isn't just Zangief. Like, uh... Hugo I would like to or, see... Um... Either Hugo or Abigail. Abigail. <laughs> yeah. I want to see Alex, because, like, I would like... Yeah, I would definitely like Alex. Big yeah. character. Yeah. I want to see Cody, because I think they'll go back to, like, pick stuff off the ground. Um... Mm-hmm. But like you know, Cody's a final fight character. Yeah. Like the the beat 'em up game, and so in classic Street Fighter, they have like rocks and knives that he picks up off the ground, which they just gave to his V skill in Street Fighter Five. Right. So I would kind of like to see how they incorporate like all that, and plus I used him in Five, so mm-hmm. of course I want to see. I liked um. But... I liked Zeku in five. Uh, Zeku's another one where they they gave all of they gave like most of Zeku's stuff to Kimberly. Yeah. Yeah. But stance, I mean, she's a stance switch. Right, like, like can, nobody really does that right now. Chun Li kind of has stance kind change. of yeah. She has the crane stance. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But uh Yeah, the the future of Street Fighter 6 is exciting. I just wish they would get to it a little faster. Yeah, get there a little faster, yeah. That's the uh that's the bottom line. Yeah. I want to see uh I want to see Nikali come back. Yeah, I kind of liked Nikali. Nikali was like the boss of 5 who became a meme because like you just kill him immediately in the storyline and then his character sucked the entire life of the game. <laughs> so like everyone's like Nikali sucks, but like they need to make him sweet. Yeah, I just like that he went Super Saiyan. Yeah, that was sweet. And yeah. then when you had an alternate costume of a werewolf of him, he had like a big Super Saiyan three main. Yeah, yeah. 
And bring back G. Yeah, bring back G. I like G. G's awesome. G's cool. <laughs> He's really weird. <laughs> He's the uh, president of the world. The president of the world. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks like Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Street Fighter Five did good with characters. It did. Yeah, I mean, Sagat would be cool in six. Yeah, Sagat's Sagat's a classic. I'm sure he'll show up eventually, it, yeah. one way or the other. Yeah. Um. Street Fighter Six number three, good game. You know. If um, I had to choose a game of the year, it would be Street Fighter Six. I figured. Yeah. I've cl- I've close to three hundred hours in Street Fighter Six, and like I'm not bored. Right. Like, literally every time I play it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I could play it so much more. Yeah. I'm like forcing myself to play other games, which is like, <laughs> it's, I mean, I shouldn't even do that at this point. Yeah. But like, I literally have to do that. I have to do that. Yeah. So, whatever. I love that hot Ken costume. Do you love it? I do, yeah. He looks like Chris Jericho. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I think I, I think it. that's one of the I think that's one of the best ones, for sure. I gotta I gotta do some uh, I gotta do some uh, ship a dragon punch to you in the in the hot can costume. <laughs> yeah. Shinra, oh, I can't remember what the uh, I can't remember what the super's called, but it's all right. No, nah, I don't know what it is either. Well, you already know my uh, n- number two. Zelda. That's The Legend of Tears, Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. Um, I spent a lot of time with that game, and Banjo-Kazooie plus Zelda Breath of the Wild is an unbelievable the game of your combination. Dreams. Yeah, like that is uh, so, so wonderful. And uh, it feels... I only yeah. played I only played it enough to get off the tutorial island and then I never played it again. Yeah. I will, but it's just, it just it's, wasn't the year. It's definitely too similar to Breath of the Wild. <laughs> like I've thought about this a lot this year where I go to I go to think about, oh, what games came out this year? And I always kind of forget that Tears of the Kingdom came out this year. Because it's it did it didn't win a lot at the game awards. Like I'm, I would have well, thought it would would. It's the same game, and and I think I I would be shocked if most people playing that game spent any time with building stuff. Yeah, messing around. You mean? Yep. I think that is a very niche thing to to put a lot of effort into for that game that just most players are not going to engage with. They're just not going to. <laughs> like, you you have to really put a lot of effort into building stuff in that game and making custom things and saving them and reusing them and knowing how they're going to be valuable through other parts of the game. And, I mean, I know personally, like, Larry... Every time we talked about that game, he was like so deep into it. He was like, "I never build anything," and I was like, "What? How <laughs> like, does he, you, how does you he never progress? build anything? Does the game allow him to progress without building stuff?" It does. It does because, like, whenever you need to do something, it's like very obvious, you know. So if you aren't 
if you aren't like engaging with that part of the game it's kind of a whatever game it's kind of you know it's breath of the wild 1.5 sort of which is like still that's pretty good. a shame it's really good it's still pretty good for sure um and all the stuff they added is awesome like the skylands and the the depths are just fun to explore and the new stuff is really cool I just I just understand like if you didn't build stuff and see how awesome that system could be like yeah then, then you're not like you're bent not... over backwards for trying to trying to make a point for it being the greatest game ever yeah like a bunch of my time playing that game was just throwing things together and seeing if it would be something valuable <laughs> you know or like seeing if something could work or like testing the limits of yeah. it and I wasn't good at that either like you would see stuff pop up online, yeah, online of like geniuses yeah. coming up with like crazy shit and even me not doing anything at that level was still really fun and really valuable you know yeah um and you know i i actually thought the story of that game was awesome better than the first I, one yeah definitely i i really liked i really liked all of it and i liked how it ended a lot i really liked the ending of that game it was nice. like super well done it was emotional it had impact like it was it was like night and day between the first game i feel like in that regard which is cool yeah i feel like the first one you needed the dlc to kind of like give any kind of character arc to it yeah yeah because that's and even the and dlc even then, was where they like kind of went more into the champions right and even then it was like kind of like it was I whatever know. i liked it I, li- I think i liked the story but i'm i'm kind of higher i'm the high guy in story most of the time anyways well it needs to be it needs to like hit a certain level for me to like really care about it in terms of like open worldy type stuff like that and and i think tears of the kingdom did like yeah. a lot of a lot of the stuff that's worth doing in that game is is building on the lore a little bit, and maybe Breath of the Wild did that, and I just wasn't paying attention, and I was more focused on this is a new thing, and Playing. I love exploring this, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I also like straight up sequence broke Tears of the Kingdom, which I think was really cool. <laughs> actually like the fact that it didn't ruin anything i thought that was neat yeah so tears of the kingdom was great um i think it came up in our group chat that like they're not gonna do that again and that's totally fine i think that's really okay yeah yeah and number one number one Game of the year, 2023. Definitively, no other game of the year matters. Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. I want to golf clap Armored Core. Did you already do that? I don't think I did because you didn't play it. And usually we do it together. I will will play that. I hope so. I like mechs. And I hope I don't oversell it. I like mechs and I like From Software. That's enough. That it that is enough, yeah. That it's plenty. <laughs> um, I I'm just a, I'm particularly interested in the length. I think a, it doesn't sound too intimidating. I, I mean, 
Yeah. I didn't really want to like be retrying all the time, but I think I can just look up builds and bypass that part of the... You can. And you really only need to do that for literally like two fights in the game. Like, there are there are two sticking points in that game where I would recommend you you use certain things until you understand the game a little better. Otherwise, you can do whatever you want, basically, um, within reason. And I just think that Armored Core is an amazing example of the fact that From Software can do other things. Whatever they want. Yeah, like, my experience of From Software and most people's begins with Demon Souls and beyond. Prior to that, they were a developer that had been making video games for, like, a really long time, and people liked them, and one of those series was Armored Core, and I didn't know fucking anything about it. And... I love that they were able to bring this series back at a time when they're somewhat on top of the game and thread the needle of here's this really niche thing that we also can do something super cool with in modern games. And that's the multi like playing through multiple times. Like, all of the Souls games, I would say, don't have coherent stories without you doing a bunch of extra work to understand it. Yeah, to try and, like, put the pieces together, read all the yeah equipment descriptions, and... Yeah. Like, and think, oh, this enemy was in this location, and that's for this reason, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And Armored Core is the total opposite of that where it is a straight up story explained to you but it's explained to you slowly like the first time i played through that the first playthrough don't think i could really tell you a whole lot about it i somewhat understood the conflict and i somewhat knew who the characters were but on the second playthrough when you are intended to do like different options, and then you know who the factions and are, and you know who people who, are, who's hired to who, and like yeah, all that kind of thing. Yeah, and then like, okay, this is actually starting to like make a little more sense, and it's kind of cool. And then the third playthrough, because you did the other ones, now opens up new stuff that just goes deeper into explaining things. And ultimately is, like, the best ending once you get there if you pick the right stuff, which you kind of can't not because you just do the stuff you never did before. It's that simple. You play that game and just do something new every single time you have the choice. That's all you need to do. That's it. And it's so smart. And you think it would be more complicated than that, but it's not. And... It's just like this holistic experience of this very particular story of like a planet. And this planet feels really small in scope because of what the actual gameplay is. But when you start to think about 
oh, I see what the implications of all of these things that happen on this, like, one planet. It's kind of like Dune and Spice. It's basically that. (laughs) And, like, why it's so important. And it's just awesome. Like, every moment in that game is awesome. If you, like, take even one second to stop and think about what's happening on screen. Like, it's moving at a 1,000 miles an hour... And you're in a mech that's like 80 feet tall, fighting other 80 foot tall mechs, shooting huge crazy lasers and missiles at each other at like breakneck speed. It it runs amazing. It looks amazing. It feels really good to play. It feels really good to experiment with things. It's just insane. It's it's, it's an game. insanely good game. It's a game of the year. Yeah, it's a game of the year. Yeah. I'm, like, so high on it still, and I finished it how long ago? (laughs) So, yeah. Do you think it's anyone else's game of the year? I don't know. I I don't know. I haven't... you've heard? No. I mean, I haven't really heard... Do you know anyone that's played it? Personally? Yeah. No. I don't. Oh, wait. I mean, nobody close to me. Weirdly, a guy I work with played it and loved it, but not somebody I would take his opinion seriously. And then, um, I think Jim, I think Jim played it. I don't know if he finished it. We haven't talked about it, but I'm pretty sure he played it. But, uh, yeah, otherwise, no. (laughs) And I've been, like, telling literally everybody all year, hey, play this fucking game. Why is nobody playing this fucking game? I'm, like, screaming from the rooftops to every person I know and care about that plays video games. Play this game. And, like, no one's playing it. (laughs) So, yeah. I'm telling you now, again. Play Armored Core 6. It's on my wish list. Yeah. I'll get to it, I promise. Yeah. It's good. It's like, also most of the story is delivered like Metal Gear, where it's just Kodak calls. Which is good. Which is cool. Yeah, like, it's like, it's kind of like a nostalgia thing in that regard. Like, there's no humans in that game that you ever look at. 2023 was the year of nostalgia. A lot of it like, was. It honestly. looks like, according to your list. Yeah, a, a lot of it really was. Yes. Yeah. I mean, in terms getting, of like, we're just getting n- old. Yeah. New actual new experiences. Dredge and Cocoon. That's it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's kind of sad. It is kind of sad. Are they out of ideas? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I played a lot of things. I'm looking back. Oh man, I didn't give a special shout out to Lethal Company. <laughs> that game is that awesome. Is. Okay, real quick, real quick. Lethal Company is really cool. It's like the current thing that I've been playing with the Gloom Boys. Just came out a couple months ago, I think. Uh, I think it's actually doing well in terms of um, it's like a streamer, like meme game. Lethal Company is uh, made by one person, I'm pretty sure. It's it's very early access. It has this very stripped-down, weird look. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like low-fidelity 3D, no textures on like anything. 
Um, but you play as. Uh, Hold on, keep selling it. I'm gonna be right back. I gotta one do one thing, but keep going. I'm here. But you, oh, you can hear it. Yep. Okay. You play as these like. I don't want to call them miners, but they're essentially miners. But you're doing these odd jobs of going to planets and collecting materials to bring back to your ship physically. You have to carry them. You bring them back to your ship, and then you have to take them back to your like company headquarters and sell them. And the reason it's compelling is because it's like a horror game. <laughs> and you have to go into these spaces that are dark usually and you have no idea where anything is and you're you're just fumbling around in the dark or relative dark looking for odd ends and whatever of like junk basically picking that junk up and getting it back to your ship and all the while monsters are around and they can kill you very easily and how they kill you and how they come upon you and how you have to navigate the dark while knowing monsters are there is absolutely hilarious. What kind of what kind of monsters are they? They're honestly like really dumb things <laughs> because you look at this game and you think like this looks like fucking shit. Like if you look at if you look at the art direction's not hard. No, uh, it's bad. It's but it's bad on purpose. I'm pretty sure, (laughs) which is really funny. But like, no offense to the developer. Like, but you look at it and you're like, what the hell? Why do people like this game? But you know, it's doing well. It's doing well. I think I think so. And you know what? The one thing to point to is actually the sound design. The 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 sound is what makes that game because it's proximity chat so like you kind of have to buy into a thing remember you wanted you wanted to play phasmophobia i think the like i still want to play the horror game where so like you you have to buy into use the in-game chat don't be on a discord call yeah because then it breaks the game a little bit right and if you're using the in-game chat as soon as you're like 30 feet away from one of the other players you can't hear them like you have to yell and it knows if you're yelling and whatever. So like um, some of the, some of the uh, maps will be like tight hallways and you'll hear people echo. So like you can hear them a little further away or like one of the maps is a Canyon. And so when you're in the Canyon, you can hear that it's like echoing in the Canyon and it's kind of amazing how well that works. Uh, so like you, you have to use walkie talkies so, like, using walkie-talkies, it sounds like you're talking through one. It, it has that filter over it that sounds, yeah, like, yeah. kind of shitty. And um, it's, it's, like, this really specific experience that you sort of just have to try. And it may work for you and it may not. But, like, some of the, some of the situations I've been in are just so funny. Where, like, the last one when we played... We needed to cross a bridge to get into this facility to look for stuff. And we were leaving the facilities and we were crossing the bridge to go back to our ship. As time progresses, it turns into night and night becomes more dangerous. Like a lot of video games have done post Minecraft. So it's like getting towards night and we cross the bridge 
and I made it across, and I turn around, and the guy's following me, suddenly the bridge broke. Something caused the bridge to break, and they fell down, and I hear them screaming, and, like, they land, and they don't die. And I'm, like, watching it, because this is, like, a physics-type game, and I'm trying to think, like, what caused the bridge to break? Like, I'm just, like, standing there, like, looking at it. I'm like, what did we do that made the bridge break? And meanwhile, I hear one of the guys start yelling, like, Nick, Nick, turn around, turn around, run away. And I could hear him, like, just faintly, and it didn't register to me. And then suddenly I'm dead because a monster, like, came up behind me and grabbed me and ate me. (laughs) And I didn't know that because I was so focused on this thing just happened. This bridge just broke. Why did that happen? And then suddenly this monster came from behind me while someone is yelling, like, yelling, like, look out, look out, look out. We don't know yet. Um, You can see when you run across it that it kind of bounces. So we were wondering that if there's, like, a weight thing. Because, like, the items that you pick up have a weight. Yeah. And so, like, you when you're running, it says, like, you're carrying, like, 50 pounds of weight. You and have encumbrance. You you do. It literally is encumbrance. So we're, we were thinking like maybe because two guys were on the bridge carrying a certain amount of weight. That's why it broke. We don't really know. But it's one of those games where there's all of these actual like behind the scenes physics systems yeah. that actually are really impressive. When you look at the game, it doesn't look like it's going to have anything like that. But this is Lethal Company. I highly recommend it. It's a really good like you have to play it with a group of friends, but it's it's been very fun. Um and like it's it's a run type game. You don't save any progress, so so like you want to get as far as you can, basically. And we haven't really made it beyond like day two because you have to fill a certain quota of bringing things back to the company and whatever, so but it's in early access and I think it's off to a good start and I really like hope it goes somewhere because it could be something very cool. Sweet. Yeah. And that's that was going to be on my list but it's like... That's your honorable mention. It's my honorable mention basically. Outside you got of... any more? Pizza Tower but that was in part A. Pizza Tower is your honorable mention? What yeah. are you looking for for next year? I don't know. I knew you were going to ask that. I don't have an answer. Nothing? Tekken 8? I mean, Tekken should be cool. Yeah. I don't have a list. Um, outside of our draft, we did You going to play draft. the new Final Fantasy? As much as I don't want to, I could totally see myself just caving and playing it. I kind of, like, want to play. I want... I, the amount of love people have for Final Fantasy 7, I feel like I'm missing oh, out you on. Oh, you didn't play Remake yet, right? No, I did. Oh, you did? I did, and I was like, meh. Oh, well, I mean, that was the right reaction. <laughs> I know. That's what I mean. I <laughs> that feel is like the I, right reaction. I to feel it. like I'm missing out. Yeah. I, I'm just morbidly curious, I guess. And I don't want to support the episodic thing. That's I, I have such a fundamental issue with that that uh, I don't know. We'll see. I'm looking at our list again, 
because I wanted to double check. I am excited for Tekken. I'm excited for Dragon's Dogma 2 if it comes out next year. I hope it does. Um, Death Stranding 2, maybe, Princess probably. Princess Peach. <laughs> I don't even know what that's going to be. Did you, you didn't play Mario Wonder? I, I didn't play Mario Wonder, no. I feel like that's up your alley. It It is, and I keep thinking about it, like, every... I thought about putting it on my list, but, like, I didn't play enough of it to be able to co-sign it. Yeah. But what I saw was pretty sweet. To the point yeah. where, like, I, I want to play it, I just haven't, like, bought a new game to play. Like, it just hasn't been that game that I've... Yeah. You know? I want to play it, I just haven't... You know, I haven't sat down and been like, yeah, I'm ready to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It looks cool. What I saw. Yeah. It was up for game of the year. It gotta be good. Based on the Game Awards game of the year? I feel like that's a pretty... I mean, it is It is a bunch of outlets voting for it to get I feel there, like it's so. a pretty okay stamp of, um, at least you should check this out. Yeah. Is, what I, is how I would put it. Yeah. And, like, I feel like it has a Nintendo stamp of approval quality to <laughs> quality. Go with that. Yeah. Which is, like, those two things. Like, that's... And it's Mario. That's a third. Right. Like, the 2D Mario games have all been pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably so, get around to it at some point. But... I don't know. When I have my second kid here, I, <laughs> yeah. imagine, I imagine I'm going to be holding baby a lot of time. So I was thinking maybe I'll try Spider-Man 2 or yeah. maybe I'll try Mario. Those, those are the two games I've been batting around. Mario seems like an easier one. <laughs> maybe I, I won't. Uh, Do have, either. Well, I, maybe I won't have Baby Bjorn time at all. I don't know. I, I don't know what it's going to be like. Yeah. It's like a new thing. So Yeah. I just feel like when we had Arlo, like there was a lot of time where he was like on my chest and I right. was like Yeah, but now like, now he's gonna be running around while the other baby's on your well, chest. Well he will be, but I feel like one of us, me or Mon, will be with him and the other one will be Yeah. Whereas like right now we kinda like don't do that. Yeah. Like, we're kind of both helping all the time. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Kids yeah, are next an adventure. Year, yeah, next year should be interesting. Um, video game-wise, like I'm not sure, but... I feel like it doesn't look that exciting. It doesn't me. look that exciting right now, video game-wise, no. From the... From the... From the jump. From... from yeah. First couple months... Like there's not even, like I'm gonna play Tekken, but there's not even there's not any must plays in there where I'm like, man, if I miss that, I'm gonna be right. I agree. So now's the time to go back and play Doom One and Two. Oh yeah. Again. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we should uh we should wrap this up. We should wrap up 2023. What's the what's the like piece of advice you want to give to people at the end of the year for their lives moving forward? Oh boy. Um I'm not the person to be giving that advice, I don't think. 
Drink more liquor? No, that's definitely not the advice. Probably drink less in general. Drink less liquor? In, drink less alcohol. Enjoy more life? Drink less alcohol, enjoy more life? Yeah. Travel more? Sure. Travel travel more, actually. This is probably the most I've traveled in a single year in my whole life. Yeah. Was it good? It was good. Yeah, it was good. You'd recommend it? I would, actually. Yes. Um... I, I would say that a thing that you think you can't afford, you probably can. Um, and that is that is actually good advice. If if you want to go somewhere, the sooner you do it, the better. Because, yeah. um, like, we want to have kids too, and that's just going to be harder. So, yeah. When do and you t- think that's going to happen? Maybe that we should talk about that off episode. I mean we're getting married in april so we'll see is it like a right away project or like a uh maybe a bit a little bit later project no i think we want to soon yeah so yeah (laughs) so the advice is travel before you have kids (laughs) yeah definitely go to scandinavia i definitely recommend sweden man i went to the I went to the Bahamas with my kid this year. Whew. Yeah. Traveling. I'm not going anywhere that I can't drive to <laughs> for a for a while. Now. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll that's that's that. what I'm that's what I'm worried about a little bit. Yeah. So that's and and I totally get it and will probably feel the same. Like the plane ride back was wild. But yeah. anyways. Yeah. So anyway, um, that's a wrap on 2023, video game wise. I'm st- I'm the big Stein Suave. Yeah. Signing out, telling you to play games because I can't. That's and right. You should. That's right. And uh, I'm just gonna say, peace. <laughs>